Welcome to the spring semester of Fearless Mom. We are so excited to have you guys back after the holidays, especially if you're new to Fearless Mom. We want to give you a special welcome. And we also want to start by giving a shout out to our online moms. Online moms, we love technology. To be honest, I don't understand it all, but I do love technology and the fact that we can reach into your home, your car, wherever you may be, if you are listening or watching, and we want to remind you, you are not alone. There is a group of moms here in Austin cheering you on, right girls? We believe in you. We want to come alongside you. We want to encourage you to keep it up. Good news, we don't know what we're doing either, but we are all learning together. And so we want to welcome you in and um, remind you again that we love you and you're not alone. So today's topic I'm pretty excited about, which means that I really have to work to focus because I believe that what we're going to cover today is the crux of the matter. It changes your perspective. And when you change your perspective, Perspective and you alter your thinking, it affects every decision that you make. And so because I believe it's so important, and because when I get excited about something, it's twice as hard for me to focus, I think we should start with prayer. So will you bow your heads with me? God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the privilege, the calling of motherhood. I thank you for every mom in this room and for every mom listening or watching. God, I ask that you do something only you can do right now, that you settle our hearts, that you open our eyes and our ears and our minds, and you show us how to be the moms you created us to be so that we can raise these kids to discover who you created them to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now, um, I don't know about you, but... Uh, I love the holidays, everybody knows that, it's not a secret, but about mid-January, my body begins to crave the post-holiday new regimen and the pre-holiday eating, because you see, the holidays to me, it gives me an excuse to eat whatever I want, and so it's not unusual that we may, for instance, have apple pie for breakfast. It is fruit, you know, after all. Or, you know, I, I fix toast for my kids when they were little all the time, but during the holidays, it just may be toasted pound cake, <laughs> you know. Or, um, you know, I, I use that as an example, or as an excuse for everything. And I would say, well, you know, it is the holidays after all, as I put a scoop of uh, Bluebell into my coffee <laughs> to start my day. I know, it's just awesome. <laughs> but... What I found is this starts a vicious cycle first thing in the morning because once I have something sweet, then obviously I need something salty. And then after I have something salty, well, clearly I need something sweet again. And so it is the holidays, and so the cycle just repeats itself all day long. But you see, what I've discovered is that there are some snacks out there that have the perfect balance of sweet and salty. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but the um, 
let's say, the salted caramel or salted chocolate or chocolate-covered pretzels. The best in the entire world that I've found so far is the salted butterscotch pot de creme. I don't even know what that means or how to spell it, but it's on the menu at Perla's on South Congress. And it comes with this little cookie. Oh, my gosh, I want it right now. Um, But it is the salted butterscotch. It is the absolute perfect balance of salty and sweet. So you can end your meal and know that you're literally going to stop eating after that. You know, the cycle is not just going to repeat itself. And that's what we're looking for. See, you're looking for the perfect balance. Well, what I've found is that in my life, I'm also seeking balance. You see, I'm, I'm seeking balance between rest and play, between work and relaxation. We're always looking for balance, how to get it all done, how to do everything we want. And so what I've found, though, is that in parenting, there are certain things that I know I'm supposed to find the perfect balance. I know that I'm supposed to, for instance, be a wife and a mom. I know that I'm supposed to do both of those, but I have trouble finding the balance. I know, for instance, that every child is different, but that both kids in my home, even though they're very different, actually all kids need both play and order in the home. And so I'm always trying to find the perfect balance there. I also know that my responsibility is to parent for one day, but I also am supposed to rejoice in this day and enjoy this day. So I'm always trying to find that balance. Well, you see, I finally figured it out. Even though I have found the perfectly balanced dessert... I don't know that I'll ever find and live with and maintain perfect balance in parenting. What I've discovered, though, is that it is my responsibility, even though I'm I'm always trying to find balance and I can't seem to, it is my responsibility, though, to manage the motion, to manage the movement of the parenting pendulum. Because it's always going back and forth. If you can imagine a grandfather clock. And so I, of course, immediately went to um, Belle, what is it, Beauty and the Beast, and the grandfather clock. I don't know why. That says a lot about me, doesn't it? But the grandfather clock. And if you can imagine the pendulum going back and forth, the parenting pendulum. Yes, there are seasons when we are on call as mom. For instance, if you just had a baby, you're probably feeling a little more pulled to the mom side than the wife side right now. And so there are seasons where we go full on there. I am an empty nester. And so I'm now leaning more toward the wife side. And so we're always going through seasons. That's why we can't find the perfect balance. So instead of trying to find the perfect balance, let's, let's understand our responsibility and let's work, let's do the work necessary to manage the motion of the parenting pendulum. Understanding there will be seasons when we are all one or all the other, where we're more one or more the other. But peace, isn't that what we're all looking for? Let's all take a deep breath together. Peace. Aren't you glad you brushed your teeth this morning? You're glad your neighbor did. Peace, see, is when the pendulum is like this. 
We understand, yes, there are seasons. That's why we can't find the perfect balance because every season is different. Every day is different. (laughs) You know, sometimes every hour is different. I mean, Emily used to flip personalities like a switch, you know. Every minute could be different. So I'm seeking to do the work to manage the parenting pendulum. And you'll discover, once you see that pendulum in your mind, you'll discover that it applies to a lot of different things. If you work outside the home, you are constantly trying to manage the motion of the pendulum, work and home. If you have lots of children, then you are trying to manage the motion. Your pendulum might be like this instead of just going two ways, but you're trying to find the rhythm. You're trying to manage the pendulum. That's what we're going to do for the next few weeks, and we're going to focus on three of what I think are the biggest things. Um, Like we said, the play and order, the wife and mom. But today, we're going to focus... You can go ahead and get out your notes. We're going to focus on managing the tension between enjoying this day while equipping for one day. So we know we have to do both. So I've got to keep my eyes here on this day at the same time that I'm keeping my eyes on the one day. So we're managing the tension between enjoying this day and equipping for one day. Many of you know that I have two children, Emily and Joseph. Emily's 22, Joseph is 20. They are very different. Um, Emily came into the world ready to take over the world. And I say that in the most positive way possible. We think strong will blessings are just that. They are blessings, not just to our family, but to the world around them. And so um, we're going to address that later on in the semester, specifically how to discipline and enjoy those strong-willed kids. Um, But Emily came into the world that way. And, you know, in one way, that was very easy because basically I was her Uber driver. And so she was very independent. Things were intuitive to Emily. I didn't have to teach her um, basically anything. She picked up on it, and she told me usually that I needed to improve the way I was doing it. But it was just awesome. She hit all of her milestones on time, if not early. She was quickly the kindergarten teacher's assistant. She was just that kind of kid. And there were so many things about that strong will that were so awesome. And then, of course, you know, she... Uh, loved to be out and about and and was very easy as long as things were going her way. And, And so that was awesome about her. On the other hand, we had Joseph. Joseph, so easygoing, super compliant. You know, it didn't matter the weather. It was always a beautiful day. Isn't it great, Mom? Now, if he said a whole sentence like that, you see, you know he was at least five. Because with that laid-back personality came delays in development. Why? Because he just wasn't in a hurry, you know? And plus, Emily was doing everything for him. And I've told y'all how I said to his preschool teacher, I said, we're really working on Joseph being able to open his own yogurt. And she looked back at me and she said, oh, Julie, he can't open his lunchbox. You see, because Emily had been doing everything for him. And and so as different as they were, we learned very quickly that parenting them, and we learned through, um, you know, trial and error, through some tears and maybe some, you know, gnashing of teeth, that parenting them was going to be very different 
They were two completely different children. That's what makes parenting the adventure that it is. Everybody thinks they've got it down, particularly those who have three or four. And then, you know, they have three and they're like, we got it. We can do a fourth. And boy, that fourth is always more interesting. You know, or that third, once you, that's because they come to us, you know, with a unique predisposition. <clears throat> so how we parent each one is so different. But there's a similarity. There, there was a common thread that ran through how we parented our two children and actually how everyone should parent their children. You see, whatever your child's natural predisposition, whatever your child's personality type, whatever your child's natural gifts, abilities, likes and dislikes, gifts or talents, you see, we all have the same parenting goal. And so as we talk about how to manage this, t- this tension, we really got to focus on what our same parenting goal is. And so before we go any further, I think we need to get this out of the way. Because our parenting goal, no matter our kids' personality types, no matter if you're a single mom, divorced mom, stepmom, it doesn't matter. Your goal for the children that, for whom you are responsible, your goal is to raise independent, competent, strong adult children. Everybody say adult. Those of you with newborns are going adult. Yes, that's okay. We'll get to that. But our job is to raise adult children. And therefore, when we change our mindset, there it it changes the way we make every decision. It also changes our perspective on those decisions. When I understand my responsibility is to raise up a healthy, competent, strong, adult, independent, you know, independent adult, then when I panic about which preschool, it just kind of puts it in perspective. I remember that um, I was just, you know, uh, up at night. I couldn't decide, should we do two days a week or four days a week? You see, I was so close to it that to me, it was going to be life-altering. It would change the trajectory of Emily's life. I can now say at age 20, I can't remember what we did, you know. I'm pretty sure she only went two days a week. If you put me there, I, I think I'm pretty sure we did. You see, I remember Max saying, Julie, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, are you kidding me? That is offensive. This is her life we're talking about, her education. No, it wasn't. It was about how could I get all my grocery running done, you know. I mean, <clears throat> but my perspective was so short-sighted that I forgot that my responsibility was to equip for one day. And so it, it makes those, it helps you see which decisions are most important. It also gives you the courage to help your child be strong enough to be the only one. You see, if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, even if you have an elementary and they come home and they say, everybody is taking this class that meets every weekend from 8 a.m. on Saturday to, you know, midnight on Sunday. I'm not even kidding, some of the stuff that people do. But so everybody's doing this class. Everybody's doing this activity. Everybody's going to this party. Everybody's going to be there, even so-and-so. Just so you know, I was always the so-and-so because my dad was so strict. And so even Julie's going, you know, even so-and-so. I know when I make that decision, if I know my vision, if I know that my job is to equip for one day, I can say, that's interesting and irrelevant. We're going to do what's best for our family. You see, so it gives me the courage. So when we shift our perspective, it changes everything. It changes the way we make all of our decisions. Mac and I determined when Emily and Joseph were old enough for a phone. 
Mac and I determined, now we certainly consulted other friends, Mac and I determined what extracurricular activities we would do. Mac and I determined, you see, we did that. We were in control. We assumed responsibility for our family. And to do that, you've got to understand that my job is to raise independent, competent, strong adult children. Now, as we do that, it's kind of funny that this would be our focus today because, you know, you think my kids are 22 and 20 and surely, you know, I'm past that. Um, those of you who have older children know that you're never past that because we always want to step in and help our kids. Um, Joseph flew back on January 9th. It was the night of the Clemson uh, championship football game. His school had made it to the finals. So we had checked the flight. He should be there in plenty of time. Weather was good. Everything, his car was in. He would land, drive from Greenville to Clemson so he could go to the watch party with all of his friends. All good. He calls me from the airport in Austin at 9. He was about to take off to go to Atlanta and then catch the flight. And he said, Mom, um, I left my car keys uh, on my dresser. And I was on my way out the door to a meeting. He said, I'm, I'm boarding my flight right now, but if you could just overnight them, you know, if you could just get them to me. And so I said, okay, how are you going to get to uh, Clemson from Greenville? It's 40 minutes. Mom, don't worry about it. I'll find a ride. <laughs> so I'm thinking, what college kid is going to come pick you up right before the championship game? And do you know that that college kid will be safe to drive at that hour? So I go, okay. So he hangs up. He boards his flight. I'm on my way to a meeting. This is embarrassing. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. <laughs> He's 20. The reason I'm telling you that these decisions, we look and we go, I know my job is to equip for one day. I know I must do all this. It's not easy. So I'm on my way to the church and I go, okay, I know a concierge service. I know it's embarrassing. I know a concierge service that my mom has used before in North Carolina. I can call them. They can pick Joseph up at the airport. I can have a driver meet him and drive him to the house where he's going to be, and it'll be fine. So I'm driving, and I hear my own self in the back of my mind. This is not equipping him to be an adult. He is 20. He is 20. Then I hear Mac. <laughs> he is 20. He is 20. And, and so I'm driving and I'm like, my job is to equip him for one day. My job is one day. So I, all I could see was, he's so excited. When do you get the chance to watch your team in the championship football game? He'll miss the game. Oh, and he's so sweet about it. He didn't even ask me to do it. So I'm driving. I get to the light. <laughs> I pick up my phone. And I hear Mac again in my head. He is 20. He is 20. And I put my phone down. I go in the meeting and I immediately, I can't remember, pretty sure it was Ashley Horn. I, so I had to tell somebody immediately. So then I had some accountability. <laughs> then I couldn't do it. I said, Ashley, I almost called and got Joseph a ride from the airport from a concierge service. How embarrassing is that? And then I'm like, okay, I'm fine. So then I go through my meeting, go through my meeting. Later on, Joe text said, hey, I got a ride. All's good. And I'm like, okay, he won't miss out on the fun. But you see, I was so worried about the right now that it was hard for me to focus on the one day. But that's our job. And if we're bulldog determined, or if we can hear, if you guys, um, if your husband does, I, I can record Max saying, he's 20 for you, if that would help you. But, but. We have to remember our responsibility. So when we feel that tug, we remember 
my goal is a competent, independent, strong adult. It's hard. It is not easy, and it doesn't get any easier. So equipping for one day means we have to remember that. I'm going to give you these three things real quick. I must recognize my identity apart from my child's. It's in a previous lecture. I think this is mandatory for us to understand. I must get comfortable with my child's being uncomfortable. I must get comfortable with my child's being uncomfortable. If you're going to raise an adult... You have to be okay with struggle, and I must put my child's needs above my wants. You see, I feel all of my kids' emotions. If they're happy, I'm happy. If they're sad, I'm sad. I don't like to be sad, so I really don't like for them to be sad. But I have to remember, it's not my job to make sure they're happy. My job is to make sure they're equipped and that they are fulfilled. So I have to look at that long term. Now, Equipping for one day also means that we consider the next 20 years, not the next 20 minutes. And if you have strong-willed kids, this is a big one for you. If you have strong-willed kids, you've got to focus on the next 20 years, not the next 20 minutes. Because when Emily was throwing a tantrum in Chick-fil-A because I forgot that I told her that we were going to have ice cream, and she's three years old, flailing and screaming, I'm not leaving! You know, I mean, all I can think of is like, I want ice cream too now! I'm sure Joe does. I know everybody. I should drinks all around, sweet tea for everyone because of my child. But you see, I had to focus on the next 20 years, not the next 20 minutes. It was easier for me to just go, okay, great, be quiet, have ice cream, <clears throat> you know, get a large if you want, you know. But next 20 minutes, not next 20 years, not the next 20 minutes. We call that parenting with clear vision. I'm blind as a bat, but I know that clear vision is 2020. 20 years, not 20 minutes. That'll change the way you make decisions. And also, again, understanding my child needs to be strong enough to be the only one. I could not help but think as I was watching all the posts about Martin Luther King on Monday, I thought, man, I'm glad his mom taught him that he was strong enough to be the only one. I'm glad that somebody taught him he was strong enough to be the only one. If you really want your kid to be a game changer, you've got to teach them they're strong enough to be the only one. Um, this verse right here, Proverbs 29, 18, when I'm focusing on the next 20 years, where there is no vision, the people perish. Everybody say vision. Uh-oh, say it like you mean it. Online, you know what? They were weak. I'm going to let them do it over again for you. Okay, here we go. Everybody say vision. Everybody say vision, that's great. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Another version says a revelation from God, a direction. Your family needs a clear direction. You have in your seats today and online, we'll put the, uh, the link online for you too. You have in your seats today a gift from our friend Andy Andrews. Andy Andrews is a speaker and author, and um, he has an outline, a template, some directions for you to write your family vision statement, your family mission statement, because when push comes to shove, there are a lot of things out there to grab your attention. But if you embrace the responsibility of raising up adults, then you know the chatter doesn't matter, the vision makes the decision. The chatter doesn't matter, the vision makes the decision. So when we are clear on our vision, we are now able to attack it. When we make all these little decisions, every single day we remember our vision and it gives us some perspective on those decisions. The chatter doesn't matter, the vision makes the decision. We always say seek wise counsel. 
but don't just seek people who will agree with you. Yeah, that's not what the Bible says. It says seek wise counsel. So the vision makes the decision. Because if, if I'm not careful, then I can focus on my kids being happy. And we have to aim higher than happy. My responsibility is much greater than that. I must aim higher than happy. But the danger here is the parenting pendulum, just like we said before, because if I'm not careful, if I'm not intentional, then when I'm focused on what's next, if I put all my energy into what's next, then I miss what's now. And so I am bound and determined to manage the motion of my pendulum. And this came, you know, real close to home for me during the holidays. You see, my kids are 22 and 20. They were home for um, about three to four weeks during the holidays. And so it was clear to me. I had to make a choice. I had to be intentional. Because when your kids are my kids' ages, you realize just how quick four weeks is. And so I told Mac, I said, Mac, I've decided, boy, he braces himself whenever I start a sentence like that. I've decided that I will enjoy this holiday and that I will not let it sneak by me. And I kept thinking, I don't want to get to January 9th and go, oh, man, I was bound and determined. Yes, my job is to equip them for one day, but I am bulldog determined that I will enjoy this day. Turn to your neighbor and say, enjoy this day. You know what? You guys, you got to be bossy. I know you guys are bossy. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I said enjoy this day. Because I have to choose to do both. I have the responsibility to do both. And so how do we do it? Yes, there are seasons in our lives, particularly right now as we're raising young adults. Yes, we're swaying back and forth, but I'm determined that I will do both because that is my responsibility. But unless you're intentional about it, it won't happen. You won't go, you know what last year I was so awesome at? <laughs> that pendulum thing, had it down. You're not going to get there unless you do it on purpose. And so we want to give you some practical ways to enjoy this day as you're equipping for one day. And you guys who have newborns, don't panic. You know, they don't go off to college for a long time. But if you shift your mindset now, it will be much easier for you when you get to those bigger decisions. And so we tell you that there's no time that's too early to start. And guess what? It's not too late to change your habits if your kids are older. This is all about choices. So the good news is you can choose. You can choose what your focus is. And so as we choose to enjoy this day, begin and end each day with expressing gratitude. Gratitude is a game changer. I can't say it enough. There are studies upon studies upon studies. There is actually an institute that is focusing on gratitude and how it can change physical health, emotional health. It changes relationships. A study was done. Mac and I have talked about this um, when we've spoken about marriage, but we know this transcends marriage relationships. When they took, they brought couples in and they had them intentionally express gratitude to each other. And so they did, they did that project, they worked on it, they listed it, they didn't just think it, but they expressed it, and then they let them go home. Then they brought them back six to nine months later. And what they found was that the couples, by and large, said our relationships improved. 
So what they found in that study is that when people choose to express gratitude, again, not just in a marriage, but in every relationship, then you can choose to put any relationship on an upward spiral. That's what happened in their study. And so try it. And then what an awesome thing to teach your children how to express gratitude. That's part of your, uh, part of your discussion questions in your small group today is to share ideas. I've heard some great ideas about what people do at the dinner table or at bedtime. They share their highs and lows. They share, they're all kind of clever ways to do it. The main thing is to focus on the positives of whatever stage or circumstance you're in. Focus on the positives. Choose to look at it. Choose to look at your situation positively because we know that how we think has a lot to do with how we feel. So I will assume responsibility for my emotional health and I will eat right, exercise, get enough sleep, and I will be aware and intentional about my thoughts because it's no small deal. So Choose to find the positives. Choose to focus on the blessings and not your burdens. Um, Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes this is how I did it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we'll be glad in it. Uh Because you have to be that determined. Sometimes to overcome some negative feelings, some, some circumstances, you have to be determined. I will find something positive in today. I will find something to be grateful for. And you know what? I've told you all, Emily is so awesome. And her gifts and talents um, come out so clearly now as a young adult, um, as she is an incredible editor, an incredible leader. But when she was younger, she naturally saw what needed to be improved. And by the way, that's a gift You want your architect, you want your dentist, you want some people to naturally see what needs improvement. But when she went to Disney World with um, my parents, just her, yes, mm -hmm, just her and the first grandchild. And so, um, so she was five and she goes and she gets off the airplane and I said, Emily, how was your trip? And she said, I wanted to wear my white sandals. You see, she'd been holding it in the whole time. And she didn't want to be disrespectful to my mom, but my mom made her wear tennis shoes because they're walking around Disney World all day. And so I said, I understand. I know you love your white sandals. Now tell me three awesome things. So you validate that, but you teach gratitude. And if you have a child that you know, reflexively sees what needs to be improved, I would hazard you. Don't consider it negative. See it as a gift that that will be used somehow, um, and then they'll teach them how to see the positive. That's our responsibility. If gratitude is important for my emotional health, then I've got to remember it's important for my kids' emotional health. And so if it's not intuitive to them, we teach them that. It's not necessarily that they are negative. That is a gift that will be used, but we have to teach them to see the positive. Um, First uh, Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, always be joyful and never stop praying. Always be joyful. It doesn't say always be happy. You see, joy is a per- perspective. I, ten- I, I choose to see the good even in a bad situation. Um, it, it is an internal perspective. My life, the way I look at everything, because I live in relationship with Christ, because I know that he works good in all things, even the worst of things, when I cannot see any good, 
I choose to trust that God will use all things to work together for good for those who believe in him and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28, I choose that. There are seasons in your life that are not necessarily fun and happy. And, and, and that's scriptural too. The Bible says there's a time to weep, there's a time to laugh. But if you find yourself, we're not afraid of depression. We're not afraid of anxiety around here. We actually believe that we can bring light to a subject that causes a lot of shame. So if you read this, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. If you read that verse and you're thinking, I want to be joyful, but I just can't figure it out, I would encourage you to speak that up. You see, when we say embrace responsibility, we don't just mean embrace responsibility for parenting. Sure, that's a huge part of it. Embrace responsibility for your marriage. Embrace responsibility in your life. We also mean embrace responsibility for your emotional health. Make the choices you can make, control what you can, and take responsibility for your emotional health. Sometimes taking responsibility for your emotional health may mean telling someone, I'm not emotionally healthy. Don't be afraid of that. We've said, man, you know what drives that depression to get worse and worse and worse is when you believe you're the only one. We have women in here who've dealt with postpartum depression. We have women in here who've dealt with um, depression, generational depression. We have women in here who have anxiety. We want to encourage you, speak it into the light. Take responsibility for your emotional health. And this is definitely true for you online moms. We know that we have in here, if you need to get out of the pit, if you certainly there are seasons of sadness, but if it's become a lifestyle, then tell someone because we weren't designed to live that way. We know from Scripture that God designed you to live in relationship with Him with peace and hope and joy. And we also know that this task of motherhood is overwhelming and that trying to find, you know, manage the motion of that pendulum is a big responsibility. But my first responsibility is to take emotionally, to be, be self-aware and to take responsibility for my emotional health because then I can move forward. So if you're online, reach out to us, reach out to someone and say, I want to get emotionally healthy because that's how we were designed to live. If you're in here, if you're in a small group, speak out to your leader. You don't have to announce it and share your whole life story with everybody, you know, unless you feel called. But, um, you know, sometimes it gets a little awkward, you know, so use good discernment. Um, but, but speak up. We want to help you be the mom that God created you to be. And we know that he doesn't design us to live a lifestyle of depression or anxiety. Um, so we've done express gratitude. Now I want to say this is so important. I've learned this. This is my experience, and I've seen it all across the board. Spend time with moms in different life stages. Choose to spend time. Well, I don't know anybody. Well, get out and meet somebody. Spend time with moms of different life stages. Perspective changes everything. When Joseph was graduating, I spent a lot of time, he was um, in the musical, so all of the senior moms, we spent a lot of time together, and we were all sad all the time that they were graduating. We were just like, it's so hard. I know, it's hard. It's terrible. It is. What are we going to do? It's horrible. It's terrible. Life is over. And so what we did was we just rolled in it together. Well, then I would come to Fearless Mom. And I would see people carrying in their screaming toddlers. And I'm like, oh, maybe the emptiness isn't so bad. 
Or I would sit at the table and, and they would be talking about, you know, um, our Titus 2 moms. They would be talking about grandchildren or marriage or all these different life stages. You see, it changed my perspective and it allowed me to celebrate where I was. It allowed me to be happy about where I was. So you have to choose sometimes. If, if you, um, you know, are having trouble potty training, I would encourage you not to run around with just a group who are all potty training. You know, get, get out of here. Talk to some who are sending their kids to school. Talk to some who are sending their kids to college. They'll remind you, hey, it's not a stage that will last forever. It's not forever. It is just that. It is just a stage. So, um, I, perspective changes everything. I love this quote. Um, Julia added this to the notes. The years tell us much that the days never knew. You see, when you hang around people who have adult children, they'll tell you, oh man, I know you don't want to hear it. I mean, I have to bite my tongue sometimes because I, I want to say to moms in the grocery store, it's like a cheesy song now, but you're going to miss this. I, I know it is a cheesy song. I can't trace Atkins. Is that who it is? You know, but, but it's real. It's real. So you need to hang around people who are in different life stages, make those decisions. Um, because while the days pass, oh, so slowly, the years fly right by. Um, here again, I'm reminded of the pendulum because when I start to think just that way, I use it as an excuse. You see, I would say, well, I'm going to do Joe's laundry because one day I won't be able to. And Mac would be like, are you joking me? You know, are you kidding me? It was so logical to me. Well, I'm going to do this because, you know, she, she's getting ready to move off. And he's like, are, are you kidding me right now? That is not our responsibility. I think I need to record, Mac. I think it would help y'all. But, but sometimes I need that perspective, but I can't use that perspective as an excuse to forget that I'm also equipping for one day. One thing I try not to do is, uh, is use the word always or never. Certainly, we never tolerate um, you know, disrespect. We never tolerate, there are some nevers. We never tolerate dishonesty. There are certainly some, but I don't say, uh, so I was running this by Mac last night. I go, don't you think that there's sometimes when it's okay, you know, to take his lunch up there. I was trying to make myself feel better because I did it too much. But, but don't you think he, certainly, all of these decisions, when we talk about the parenting pendulum, there's no right recipe for everyone. Every child is different. So our job, again, manage the motion. Manage the motion. So if I do that, I have to understand that I've got to draw it back this way. I'm managing the motion. And it's a constant, I'm always praying for wisdom, discernment, and common sense. So I've got a few Ps for you when we're talking about managing this. Perspective, and that's change your perspective, get around other people. Proverbs, when in doubt, read Proverbs. Proverbs tells you all about wisdom, discernment, and common sense. If you're having trouble making decisions and you go, I can't tell if this is a big decision or not, then get into Proverbs. Prayer and perseverance. Perspective, Proverbs, prayer, perseverance perspective, Proverbs, prayer, and perseverance. It's a game changer. When in doubt, read Proverbs, get some perspective, pray about it, and persevere. Don't be afraid for your child to be the only one. That will build strength in your child to be the only one. Last point, seek opportunities to monotask. Seek opportunities to monotask. Choose to monotask. What do I mean? Moms are great multitaskers. I can do 48 things at once. Test me. I can probably do 50. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm good at it. 
So what I have to do, and this was one of my big things at Christmas, was I knew I had responsibilities that I needed to get done, so I did as much as I could before Christmas. And sometimes, instead of focusing on perfection, I had to draw the line at close enough because I chose to be with my kids. When my kids had friends over, I chose to stay in the den and do the puzzle or make the queso or, you know, do whatever. I I had to choose to monotask. I realized that, yes, my job is to equip them for one day, but I must choose to enjoy today. So I will focus. Wherever you are, be all there. Look at me. Put down your phone. I know, it's hard. Put down your phone. Do you know what? Sometimes, just sometimes, living the moment is even better than posting it. Sometimes, sometimes I'm so focused. Emily, her generation now, you know where we decide what to do and how to go? Oh, this will be a great photo. Oh, this will be a great, you know, Snapchat. Oh, this will be a great... You see, they're being raised with that. They document everything. And so I've decided, I decided that um, I hardly posted it all during the holidays because I wanted to live it, not post it. And so you have to choose sometimes. Live the moment. Don't worry about posting it. Put your phone down. Put your phone down. There are so many wonderful things about technology. But just like with anything else, we have to be wise. We have to use wisdom, discernment, and common sense. We have to manage the motion of that pendulum. And sometimes that means putting your phone down. That means choosing to enjoy today. That means choosing to sit together as a family, even though there are piles of laundry in there. That means choosing to ignore the fact that um, the entire Lego set is still on the dining room table. Um, That's okay. That's okay. Because sometimes we have to lower not about everything. There's some things that, yes, we don't lower the bar on honesty. I think kind of that goes without saying on respect. But sometimes close enough is just great if it allows me to enjoy my kids that day. And so maybe you have a newborn and you are used to your home being neat and clean. Well, you know what? Work yourself up into toddlerhood because by then, (laughs) you got toddlers and preschoolers, odds are, you know, it's going to be years. (laughs) So go ahead and embrace it now. Work yourself into it. Get used to it. That's okay. Enjoy today. Remember, my responsibility is to equip for one day but I must choose to enjoy this day. That is the challenge, but we can do it because we are determined. If you're intentional and you're determined, you can do it. And we want to cheer you on to do just that. And so what we're going to do, we're going to pray out, and um, Julia's going to have a little reflection time for you guys. But I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that if we (laughs) spread a movement of moms who understood that our responsibility is to raise adults, we could change the way the world operates. We could change the way the world operates. If you look at so much of what is going on, and we talked a lot about emotional strength last semester, and this semester we're going to talk about the practical application of the discipline and all of that. We could change the world. We want our young people, we want the people who are taking care of us in our old age to be independent, competent, strong adults. And we can do it. We got this. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. 
I thank you for the gift of motherhood. I thank you for these moms, and I thank you for their kids. I thank you for every strong-willed blessing represented. God, give us the courage, the wisdom, the discernment, the common sense to manage the motion of our parenting pendulum, to recognize when it's out of whack, and to take responsibility and to bring it to a place of peace and order. We thank you, God, that you equip us for this job. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.